please join me with bowed heads for the opening prayer. God of all creation, on this Pentecost Sunday, may your Holy Spirit descend upon us all. Wrap us in your loving embrace. As we gather in this virtual space, help us feel the connection to each other that is formed through your heavenly spirit, and may that holy connection inspire us and set us on a path to do good in the world. In these troubled times, where political divisions and racial injustice form the everyday backdrop of our lives, grant us strength and courage to counteract this worldly pain and grant us wisdom to recognize the role that we play in causing that pain. Help us to be a church that follows your path and does your will. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning, let me welcome you to Pittman Park Online. I'm Bill Bagwell, Senior Pastor of Pittman Park. And I'm Jay Williams, Associate Pastor. We're glad that you're with us today. This is Pentecost, a high celebration for the church. Some have called it the birthday of the church. You remember the story that was told to us once again in the chalkboard drawing that began our time together this morning. Uh, there was the story of the Spirit coming to those that were gathered and waiting on Jesus' instruction for what they were to do next. The Spirit came in power to drive them out into the streets of Jerusalem and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ anew. Did you notice in that drawing that there were some characters that were not of the same century of those that had originally gathered to receive the Spirit? Did you notice that John Wesley was even rendered in that chalkboard drawing? What a beautiful thing to think about John Wesley being among those that were gathered. And we too were gathered and still waiting on the Holy Spirit to inspire us every day. Let me thank Tina Song, who gave so beautifully of her time and gift to share Worthy is the Lamb, a tune that is from Handel's Messiah. Thank you, Tina, for blessing us this day. We are gathered here uh, at the 11 o'clock hour to celebrate our second service of this day. Uh, we gathered at 9 o'clock. I understand we had great attendance this morning. Absolutely. I mean, the parking lot was full. No, as of this recording, we've not yet had the service. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> but, but I am really excited about this. I think this is a really unique way for us to get back together and see each other's faces and maybe one of three opportunities that you ever get to, a, to attend a drive-in worship service. Um, there have been a lot of people that have worked really hard to pull this off, and I hope you'll take advantage of it. Uh, we've had a really good time uh, putting it all together. We have, and we do invite you to come and to be a, a part of this. As Jay has already said, we're only doing this three times, and so we hope that you can join with us this next Sunday. Let me mention that Pittman Park has always had missions as a part of its DNA. Food distribution particularly is an important part of what we are doing right now. There are two aspects to this. First, if you are in need of food, please let us know. Call the church office and inquire because we want to help you. If you are in need of helping others with food distribution, Please let us know of your interest, because we can always use extra help. 
As we enter into this time of worship today, may God's Spirit be especially close to you. May our hearts be centered. May our minds be prayerful. May God be here in full. 사도신경 2장 1절서부터 4절까지 오순절날이 이미 이르매 저희가 다같이 한 곳에 모였더니 호련히 하늘로부터 급하고 강한 바람같은 소리가 있어 저희 앉은 온 집에 가득하며 불의 혀같이 갈라지는 것이 저희에게 보여 각 사람 위에 임하여 있더니 저희가 다 성령의 충만함을 받고 성령이 말하게 하심을 따라 다른 방언으로 말하기를 시작하니라. 5, de visita en Jerusalén, judíos piadosos, procedentes de todas las naciones de la tierra. Al oír aquel bullicio, se agoparon y quedaron todos pasmados, porque cada uno de ellos escuchaba hablar en su propio idioma. Desconcertados y maravillados, decían, ¿No son galileos todos estos que están hablando? ¿Cómo es que cada uno de nosotros los oye hablar en su lengua materna? Partos, medos y andamitras, habitantes de Mesopotamia, de Judeo, de Capadocia, del Ponto y de Asia, de Frigia y de Panfilia, de Egipto y de las regiones de Libia cercanos a Sirene, visitantes llegados de Roma, judíos y prosélitos, cretenses y árabes, todos por igual los oímos proclamar en nuestra propia lengua las maravillas de Dios. Desconcertados y perplejos se preguntaban, ¿qué quiere decir esto? Otros se perlaban y decían, lo que pasa es que estaban borrachos. Hi, this reading is from Acts 2, verse 14 to 21, in Yoruba language. Nigba no ni peteru di de duro pelu a omokola yoku, okwe umure soke, osi ufun okwe. Eni ju eni yomi atibubo e intingbe Jerusalemu, eja kie yi kio ye yi, kie si feti si oromi. A omwon yi komuoti yo, be bi e intiro, waka ti keta ojo sa niye yi, be ko e inti Eyini oroti ati so lati enu woli ujo eli wakpe. Olorun wikpe ni ike nyonjo emi yotu ninu emi mija de sara awon eni yonbobo. Awon omoyin okonrin ati awon omoyin obirin yon masotele. Awon odomo konrin yon si marinron awon arubo yon si malala. Ati sara awon omo odo mi okunrin ati sara awon omo odo mi obirin ni emi yo tu ni ninu emi mi jade ni ojo won ni won yo si ma so tele emi yo si fi ise iyanu han loju orun ati awon ami ni sale ile eje ati ina ati riru efin a o so ohun di okunkun ati osu di eje ki Ojo nla ati ojo ologo lu wato de, 
yo si se eni keni ti ti o ba kepe oruko oluwa ni a o gbala la palabra de dios para la gente let me thank Kim and Laurie and Amina for sharing the scripture with us today. It's fascinating to hear uh, these verses spoken in other languages. Uh, it's a fascinating passage of scripture, isn't it? This story of the early church as it began its way in the world. You and I have been so confined lately. It's uh, something that has troubled my spirit. Um, there is something deep within me that wishes to be closer to people, uh, even to hug. I miss that. Our family has ventured out uh, just recently. Uh, we're trusting that this is okay after we have sequestered ourselves for so long. Uh, we've ventured out and begun to get together once again, and oh, how we have hugged. Um, we recently had a visit from our family in Athens, Georgia. One of the ones who came our way was Bobby, who is just about to be three. This summer, he turns three years old. Bobby, the last time I was with him, had a favorite word. That word was no, no. This time that he was with us, he had changed that word, and now his favorite word is why. I like why better than no. But why is asked innumerable times. It's time that we get you in the tub, Bobby. Why? Because you are dirty, Bobby. Why? Because you've spent all afternoon in the yard, Bobby. Why? Because you like to play, Bobby. Why? You see where this is going over and over again. We heard that word one time after another. I've been consumed with that word, why? And so I've determined in this little reflection to ask five why questions. Bobby would be proud. The major question that I have for you, why Pentecost before this was a Christian festival, it was Jewish. Shavuot is what it was called a harvest festival, a time in which to bring in the first fruits of the harvest. Over the years, some rabbi somewhere decided to do some sacred math and establish by another way a significant reason to celebrate. It was 50 days that this rabbi had come to in his mind, or thereabouts, seven being this number of perfection and fullness, seven times seven being an even greater number of importance, 49 and then one more, would get us to 50 days, which is what this rabbi must have surmised that it took for Moses and the people to leave Egypt at the Passover and move to the foot of Mount Sinai, where Moses journeyed 
up to the mountain in order to receive the first of the commandments, the Mosaic law, the Torah. You can imagine how very precious this festival is among Jews, even to this day, the celebration of the Torah. They were very cognizant of the fact that God was their caretaker, but they also were embracing the idea that they too were the caretakers of God, the carriers of this story that was so incredibly important. In the Greek, this festival became known as Pentecost. Pente, five. You see where the connection is. For the Christians, it was yet to inherit its significance. This story stands so in our mind right now in all its power. But let's look back at the end of Luke, which was the end of the first telling of the gospel story for this gospel writer, Luke. And then he moves on into the telling of the story in Acts. But at the end of Luke, Jesus addresses his disciples at the supper table. And he says to them, this is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. This is an interesting beginning to this period of waiting, which brings me around to the second question. Why stay? Truly, this must have been an incubation period for them. In our yard, Sue and I have been watching many birds that evidently have been nesting. Their young have been incubating and now have sprung forth from the eggs and are in the yard too. Especially I've been watching some mockingbirds. The little birds that came out of the nest are now the size of the parents. And yet the little birds are still opening their mouths as they sit waiting for the parents to feed them. Oh, isn't this a good illustration of what prayer might be? you and I being fed in our spirits by God. As we are thinking about the nature of our lives being nourished by prayer, can't you imagine how very fortunate it was that the disciples had been given instruction to stay, not to rush forth, but to stay and to be that prayerful community fed of God 
Why power? Jesus said that they would receive power from on high. Why power? And it's because we need energy. We need strength to do what we are called to do. I was with a group of pastors just recently and asked how they were doing. One after another, they began to express to me how tired they were, how their lives had been exhausted with all the preparations for online worship. And I smiled and agreed with them at that point. But there's a great danger here. And that is that we would become trapped in that tiredness. We need power. All of us need power. Another question comes to me. Why them? In Luke 24, 46 to 48, he specifically says, you are witnesses of these things. They are the ones that have witnessed Jesus die on the cross. They are the ones that have stood by his side as he was placed into the tomb. They are the ones who have received the message that he is risen. They are the ones that have met him at the table. They are witnesses. And it was by their language, the language of their life, the language of the Spirit spoken only as the Spirit could speak through them, that they began to puzzle and also to convert on that great day of Pentecost. Which brings me to a final question. Why us? And this is the crucial matter. Why us now? I have another question. If not us, then who will share the gospel today? After the birth narrative that Luke speaks of, he immediately begins to tell the story of John the baptizer who waits in the desert, there in the waters of the Jordan, as people came to him to be baptized. They came with a question, are you the Messiah? And he looked at them, puzzling over their question. As he responds, he says, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I, is coming. I am not worthy so much as to untie the thong of his sandal, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Think on this for just a moment. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John records that when they were at that table, that last time that they were with Jesus before he ascended, that Jesus breathed on his disciples, almost as a metaphor for what was to come. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They were waiting to receive the power of God. And so I share with you that message today. And I wonder, might we too still be alive? might we be set on fire for the sake of God.
Good morning. The sermon this morning is the whys of Pentecost. Today we celebrate the birthday of the church on Pentecost nearly 2,000 years ago. We've just read about this huge thing that happened back in biblical times. It was huge then. But the big question this morning is, why is it relevant? What does it matter? In the days of the coronavirus, lost jobs and riots in the streets of major cities, why does Pentecost matter? The story of Pentecost tells us how Jesus' first disciples reached the entire world with the good news that he is Lord. In our area of the country, where there's a church on every corner, we may be tempted to say that everyone already knows the gospel. But I don't believe that's true. More and more people are not familiar. I know too many people whose grandparents or great-grandparents may have heard about Jesus or may have even known Jesus, but he's only a part of the past as far as they themselves are concerned. He's at best a historical figure, and for many, it's just not relevant. They see the church as a place where some people get together and make a big deal about something that happened 2,000 years ago. But for them, a church is just a building that they drive past on their way to and from work. That's kind of the way it was for the disciples back in the day. They were a small group of believers in the midst of a struggling and hurting world, a world that was unaware of them or, or maybe even hostile toward them. The world didn't know that they had anything to offer or anything relevant to share. Nevertheless, Jesus had given them an assignment. Ten days before. In Acts 1, 6 through 8, it reads, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples had asked him, When are you going to do this, Jesus? When are you going to set up your kingdom? And Jesus says, Not me, you. He told them that the next phase of establishing God's kingdom was going to happen through them. And he promised them the power to do it. You know, he didn't lay out a program, and he didn't name some charismatic leader, successor. I say that because that's what a lot of churches try to do to grow. But what Jesus said is it will be done through you and with the power that I provide. So why do they need power? Why not just go out and start telling everybody that Jesus is risen from the dead? You know, that's what it means to be a witness, isn't it? Uh, to share what you've seen and heard, or why not have a committee meeting and, and develop a program to reach the world? <laughs> we all know how well that works. But Jesus said that they needed something more. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So they went to Jerusalem to wait on or look for Jesus, or at least what he had promised. At any rate, Jesus had told them to, to go and wait until they had received power through the Holy Spirit. So he clearly believed that they needed power to be his witnesses. 
Let's read to find out why. In Acts 2, 1 through 13, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together. And they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all, the, all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, Parthenians and Medes and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to the Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They're filled with new wine. People say that if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. But the disciples didn't have a plan to share the gospel with the world. They didn't need one. You see, God had already made a plan, and he had put it into place around 1,500 years before. It was Pentecost. He had commanded that the nation of Israel come together 50 days after the Passover, which is where we get the name Pentecost from. It was to celebrate the first fruits of the harvest. You know, this trip would have been costly. It would have been time-consuming and not without risk. It was a sacrifice. The people that made this trip did so because obedience to God meant something to them. The disciples couldn't have asked for a better target audience. These people had a heart for God. And as Jesus had promised, God poured out his power on them. Let's continue in the scripture. The day began with the disciples gathered together out of obedience, waiting and seeking God. And in verse 3 it says, Then what looked like flames or, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues and other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. As far as how God's power acted on the disciples, there were two things. First, it was fire over them. And the second thing is that they spoke in tongues. Israel had submitted to God's rule, his, kingdom, his kingship as a nation, many, many years before. And the Shekinah glory, the fire of God, a representation of God's presence and power, it had rested over the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle and the temple, everywhere they went. These were the places where people had come to become a part of God's kingdom. But now the fire was over believers. What could it mean? It meant that God's manifest presence now dwelt in those who believed. And the temple, 
the temple was each believer. Each believer becomes a branch office of heaven and a way that you can come to know God. And as for tongues, each person in the crowd heard the believers speak in his own language. You know, there have been plenty of discussions about tongues, the hows and the ifs, and I don't want to get into all that this morning. But in this encounter on Pentecost, it says that they all understood. Everyone could understand in their own language what was being said. What was it? In verse 11, it tells us, it says, And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things that God has done. Have you ever tried to tell somebody that you care about, somebody that doesn't know Jesus, about the mighty things that God has done? Seems like an easy thing, but it's not that easy. You try to express that the Holy Spirit convicted you of a sin, and, and they say, oh yeah, I feel guilty too. Or you try to share with them the fact that God has spoken to you directly through the Scripture, and they look at you like you're absolutely strange. Or maybe you share how God has lifted you out of a really, really hard time, and they look at you and they say, well, I'm glad that works for you. You know, it turns out that there's a language barrier between us, between the believer and the non-believer, even if both people are speaking English. I know I'm not the only one who's tried to talk to people about Jesus and ended up feeling like I was speaking a foreign language. We need God's power to be Christ's witnesses. We need His power to bring that language barrier down. Unless He does so, I don't see that it matters what language we speak or even how loudly we speak it. They gathered together in obedience. They sought God and they waited. But I want you to see what happened. A Holy Ghost-empowered tongue changes the situation entirely. In verse 12 it says, And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? You know, they didn't understand what was going on. But the, the changes that they wanted to, in short, they cared. In other words, this thing had become relevant. And so Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up and began to share an old, old message. But he had humbled himself in obedience. And he had waited and sought God. And God, in a new, old way, poured out his presence and power. And the old message that God wants to have fellowship with you became relevant. You know, today we can share that we have faith over fear. We can say that all people are valuable in God's kingdom. We can say that Jesus is the answer for the pain and the hurt and the bitterness that we face in the world today. And we can share the mighty things that God has done in our lives, what we've seen and heard. And maybe you have. And sometimes maybe you feel like you're just speaking a foreign language. You know, maybe this morning we need a personal Pentecost. Maybe we need to gather together as a body that says that Jesus is our King, our ruler, and that the kingdom of God has our utmost allegiance. And maybe in that gathering we need to ask God to fill us with His presence and His power and to wait expectantly until we receive it. And then to speak is we carry God's presence with us. 
You know, I believe then it'll be heard in homes and in the streets that God and his kingdom is good and that the rule of Jesus in our hearts is the only way. It's not nations or governments or institutions that change the world. God has called you and I to be full of him and to share it. May we gather to seek God. May we tarry until we are empowered. May we speak as the Holy Spirit gives us utterance. And then it'll be relevant.
you right now, Lord, and I pray for this church, Lord. I pray for us as a Christian community, and I pray that you give us a spirit like the apostles of Acts, Father God. And I pray that, Father, you humble us and lead us to repentance, and that out of that repentance we see your faithfulness and see the wonderful goodness of what, what you've done for us, the cross that you, you bore for us. Father God, I pray like the apostles, we have a passion to declare your message and calling others to repent in your name and see the goodness of your faithfulness. I pray for unity among the, among the church of God, Father God. I pray that no matter what tongue, no matter what nation, that we all come under, under your wing and, and all look up and see our Father because that's what you've been to us. In Jesus' name, amen.